Time to abandon ship. Oh no! Here we go. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, hold it. My main man, quickly. Before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape? Then where the pod? You just have to run! Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and today we have a very uh, uh, special returning guest on. Uh, his name's Ian. He's from the UK. Uh, Ian was on previously to, to chat all about the early re uh, release in uh, the UK for the uh, Star Wars Force Collector book that came out, uh, I believe it was in November or something like that, or October. And, uh, you know, I was uh, looking forward to having him on again because uh, he stays on top of all the, all the literature and you know, he's uh, very familiar with everything that goes on between the films, and I wanted to get together with him over the Hollow Projector and chat about the stories that take place between Episode 8 and 9, some of the events that transpire that are relevant. So let's give him a call over the Hollow Projector here. Yeah, how's, uh, how's the last week been for you? It's pretty good? Not too bad. Just, uh... Waiting for Star Wars on Thursday. Oh man, you know, just just around the corner too. It's like it's it's crazy. What what a time though. I mean, you know, we like every every week we've been getting a new episode from Mandalorian and uh, all these books and stuff that have been coming out, and then now now the new movie. So <laughs> yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah. So you you've been keeping pretty on top of all the stuff, right? Like all the new all the new material. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I guess I guess like what I wanted to do with you. Um, today is just like basically cover you know all the different stories that might lead into rise of skywalker that you know people might find relevant and semi-interesting to just hear the, the the short story basically um yeah. but uh yeah a while ago we chatted about force collector which is which is great um but uh i still haven't that's the only one of the few things i actually haven't read still that lead into the movie but if you were to take like a, just a few elements from that from that book that you know, might be useful, uh, like basically like what are the characters, um, like in that, in that novel and, uh, when does it take place and what like few things might play a part in that new film that's coming out? Yeah. So basically false collector takes place the same year as the force awakens. I believe I'm pretty sure it's the, roughly the same year. It's before the force awakens, but the same year. Mm. And, uh, it's a story about a young boy who has the gift of uh, psychometry which is the same gift that Quinlan Voss has and he mm -hmm. goes around he goes around the galaxy uh, finding artifacts that are prevalent to the uh, Jedi and he, uh, he obviously touches these objects and sees uh, visions of the whole Skywalker saga so it's yeah. basically just walking you through the Skywalker saga uh, through the eyes of this young boy mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, at the end of the book he meets his uh, grandfather a great grandfather, I believe, who's who's an order sixty six survivor. He's really old, this uh, old Jedi. I can't remember his name. The name escapes me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he meets him. Obviously, they have their talk about things, and then uh, he goes away from his grandfather, and, uh, and that's where the book ends, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, the, I think I may have asked you last time we chatted, but was there any, because uh, he has the ability of, uh, you know, psychometry and yeah. um, so there's obviously a lot of material like objects that he touches maybe and stuff. Um, like, was there anything that kind of resonated with you that could possibly make an appearance in the new film or anything that, you know, we've seen before? It shot me how much there was actually from like the wider aspects. It wasn't just the films. They, uh, he tracked down uh, Cypodius's shuttle from the Clone Wars episode mm-hmm. and uh, touched and uh, found a comlink, which basically laid out the whole, I create the clone army, I believe, that this is uh, important because the, Repu- the Republic's going to come under threat from dark forces and all that type of thing. So he saw that, which really surprised me because I didn't think they'd go into like Clone Wars and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think back to some of the stuff he saw. He touches, uh, he touches the Millennium Falcon. He goes to Jakku and finds the Millennium Falcon, and that teaches him. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he sees the scene with Luke training with the remote in a new hope. He sees that scene. Oh, through, wow! Yeah. Through a different vision, and he sees that, which is pretty cool. So then he's on. Yeah, so he's he must be on. I guess he's on Jakku before the Force Awakens starts, right? Yeah, yeah. He goes to see Uncar Plutt because obviously he knows. Apparently, Uncar Plutt's like a junk dealer, and he might have something. Obviously, obviously, he meets on. Oh and finds, yeah, finds out he's a bit of a. Uh, that makes sense, actually. That's a good point. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. It's, it's set before the Force Awakens. He's on Jakku. They go mm-hmm. all sorts of places. They go to Jakku. They go to Obadiah, which is the Pycorn world. Mm, yep. And uh, they go. They go. It's quite a hop around the galaxy, like. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me about the Psychodes connection there, and that was that was super cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, he, uh, I guess he, it, it takes him to, he goes to Utapau and, uh, talk with Donna as well. He does. Yeah. He does go to Utapau and he goes to tackle Donna. Yeah. Uh, it's quite cool. He meet he, uh, on Utapau, he meets a, uh, a guy who's claiming that he is a son of a clone trooper. Hmm. Okay. He says his father was a clone trooper and that, and then he also touches the, uh, staff of, you know, the, the, the pawn who, Greets Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, oh he yeah, to, okay. He, he touches his staff. Uh, Tion Madon, I think his name is. Hmm. And he touches his staff, and uh, he sees that interaction with Obi Wan and that. And uh, yeah, that was another like cool little scene. But yeah, they definitely they definitely hop around the galaxy. Wow. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of because uh, you you've played Fallen Order at this point, right? I played it. I played through it twice. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's dedication. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I was playing on Jedi Knight mode for the longest time, and then I, I ended up switching to story mode because I just needed to get through the story. I was like, yeah, yeah. no, the, I, like I'm already, you know, online. I'm already seeing little things I don't want to see yet, and I haven't reached that point in the story, so I just want to get through it, right? So uh, I ended up switching to story mode and and bashing through the story, and now I'm just going back and doing the the. I want to try and get a hundred percent of like free play explore but um i think it's not exactly under the banner for journey to the rise of skywalker but it almost should be because there's there's like force collector like there's a decent amount of like you know early on saga connections that you know really kind of stick stuck with me quite a bit right like um i think the biggest one uh is kind of a spoiler for people haven't reached this point of the game so you maybe tune out for the next couple seconds here but um it is uh it is it does make the connection between ilum and starkiller base like i thought i thought that was like a huge thing i was like oh my goodness like huge fan service there Uh, but uh, that's been the theory hasn't it that it is starkiller base they all but they haven't come out and confirmed it but it's got to be starkiller base at this point hasn't it 
let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, there was so that game is so good. Like I had to, uh, I had to knock it down to story mode to beat uh, Malikos. Oh yeah, yeah, that was really tough. Yeah, I, I did do the same thing. I think that's the point where I switched. Because I had, uh, I had explored everywhere, so I, I've done it again. I went through the game again. And I got all the health upgrades yeah. and all the stuff, and it was a lot easier then. But the first time, I could not, mm -hmm. could not beat him. Yeah, well, it's interesting. By the end of the game, the first time that I ran through, um, when I reached the end of the story, uh, I, I still hadn't unlocked all the force abilities yet. So yeah. it was, yeah. So it's interesting because I guess it kind of like leaves you to still get those by just on the free roam you know just by killing off enemies and stuff here and there and then still being able to upgrade your your guy but uh yeah no it's it, it's it's a cool game like there's that that huge like star killer base connection uh to to ilum that they really hinted at was amazing and you know, it got me thinking i really want to see a book come out kind of like rogue one catalyst that talks about that maybe you know like the project that went into making Ilum into like this massive weapon which was i guess like now what we know it's it was a plan that the empire had rather than something that the first order came up with and and it's not this like you know random snowy planet in the middle of nowhere it is a location that we've seen before like that's that's the idea that i think i'm getting from seeing like that little cutscene in the game so that was really cool yeah it definitely adds a it definitely adds a thing as well saying was the empire building starkiller base the same time it was building the first death star Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it makes me wonder. And and it makes me wonder as well, like, uh, I mean, behind the scenes, like if we don't count in universe reasons, like, I'm sure they hadn't even like, thought of that, you know, by the time like when Rogue One was coming out and Catalyst was a thing and, uh, you know, Krennic being the the director of that project and, and whatever. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the relationship between Starkiller base and anything else that we've seen before was really uh, something that came into play. I think back then it was a lot of like fan speculation and rumor to think that, hey, is this Ilum or is this Hoth? Is this a planet that we've seen before? Um, and it, it's cool to see that years later they've like taken those theories and just, you know, made them into a, a, a canonical reason for Starkiller Base to even exist. Yeah, so. it, I remember the first, the first theory came from they released a visual dictionary for The Force Awakens and. Mm -hmm. Starkiller base is at the same point in the galaxy where Ilum used to be. Yeah, that, yeah. That's where that's where it came from. I think that theory. But I, I love that theory. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because instead of having I, it just a, instead of having it just a, like a, another generic snowy planet, it actually makes it Ilum. Yeah, for sure. So much more history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so and it really adds a lot more to the link between Force Awakens and the previous two trilogies because. Uh, uh, quite frankly, I mean, like, I, I honestly have, you know, like in the in the in the George saga, like there's so many shared locations. And then the the sequel trilogy just feels very disconnected at times, uh, just like yeah, with all the, the new stuff that we get. Right. So it's, it can a, be a, a fair comment. Yeah. yeah, it can be a little overwhelming, uh, you know, as a as a as a pre-existing fan, you know, especially like when we watch those movies and then, you know, we're looking for familiar aliens, even like Rodians and Twi'leks and, and like we didn't get any of that stuff. So it is cool for them to kind of uh, post make reasons for, you know, these things and actually like connecting the dots like uh, in. Uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh. Starts with an R. <laughs> 
classic what it is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you get the idea. I, I know, like, I know. What you mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, connecting the dots, like you know, post fact sort of thing. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so I guess I guess that's the the two of those things. And then, did you end up reading uh, Resistance Reborn by any chance? I did yeah, I did read it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like this one was kind of an interesting one because, uh, when I picked it up, I thought there would be a little more than, than what I finished off reading with. Like it was a great story. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I was kind of expecting a little more, oomph, you know, towards like yeah, the new so movie and I'm yeah, see a, bit, a few more familiar faces. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. I, I was hoping that, uh, it might be similar to what we got with, aftermath where there might be some interludes here and there that that kind of talked about some characters here and there that that might show up that have nothing to do with the story that they're telling in that book but more so uh shows up because um you know just to explain like where they're at at that point in time because because this book does take place after episode eight uh very clearly um you know i i would say it's maybe like no later than two or three months after that movie finishes would you say yeah, I don't think it's too far off. It's, I'm sure someone said it was about a week after the episode, but I don't think it's that quick. But I don't know if that's true. No, and and I think uh, I, I mean I watched uh, Alex's Star Wars Explained video, and and like he goes into detail of like I think I think roughly of like where he thinks these things take place, and I think it was like third on the list. But um, yeah, no, it takes place like relatively early on, and. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to run a recap on like what that book was about? Yeah, basically, it's uh, set after the Last Jedi, and uh, it's the story of how the Resistance goes from twelve people on the Millennium Falcon to start how they start rebuilding to the point where we'll see them in the Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So you meet a few. You they bring back a few characters from the. They obviously bring back Wedge Antilles, which is massive. I love mm-hmm. that. They brought yep. back Wedge Antilles. They bring back uh, Nora Wexley from the Aftermath trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is uh, Wedgie's wife, and yep. also the mother of uh, Snap Wexley. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you, we go to, uh, and they also bring back uh, Ransom Castafoe. Yeah, from Bloodline. From from Bloodline, yeah, which I'm, I didn't see coming at all. That really shocked me. Yeah, that was that was a good. That was actually a pretty solid appearance because I, I grew to quite like his character in that book by the end of I it. Wonder, so I wonder if we'll see him in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I wonder if he'll... Uh, what was that? Sorry. I wonder if we'll see him in the Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that that really, uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, observation there. Like I, I, w- I would hope that it would be a cool appearance for sure. Like you know, especially if they have like some sort of command center where they have a bunch of the Resistance leaders, you know, around a table, similar to like what we got on uh, on the in Episode Four with the the trench run, and you know, all the all the leaders are standing around that table, and or in yeah. Rogue One as well before the. Scarif mission. Yeah, it would be cool to have him kind of in the background and then maybe in the visual dictionary just confirm like, yeah, that's Ransom Kisterifor right there. Um, that would be that would be really cool. But yeah, I was I was gonna say about the visual dictionary, because you can stick all these people in mm-hmm. the film and then obviously people like us will know who they are because yeah, super fans we'd have to, but then you go through the visual dictionary and go, Oh, that was Nora Wexley, this was yeah, this character, yeah. and that be and- that would be and exactly. And and we would actually get like a live action appearance that we can now use <laughs> you know yeah. like uh yeah rather than just book descriptors and stuff but um yeah uh more cameos that showed up was uh the characters from battlefront 2 uh, it was Iden versio's daughter zay and oh, yeah. uh I forgot about zay. yeah zay and Shriv. and uh yeah, and trip yeah shriv the the duros yeah yeah the so they, they showed up as well <laughs> yeah yeah that's right so um yeah so just to add on what you were saying uh this book really 
had like three missions going on, like almost like three mini missions. Um, early on in the book, the resistance is, uh, trying to find a place to hide out, uh, as they rebuild and, uh, very similar to empire strikes back. I got a very empire strikes back, um, feeling like when I read this book early on and, um, and yeah, so I think as they're kind of rebuilding the resistance, they send out three different, uh, three different, I guess, mission squads to um, do what they need to do to gather uh, leaders and to gather like forces and stuff like that. So um, one of them, uh, 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 help me out here if, if uh, one, you can. One, but... one, one group goes to Bracca, which is out in the Jedi Fallen, which is a tie into Jedi Fallen Order. They go to Bracca to try and recover like New Republic ships. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, um... led by Shriv. That's led by Shriv. Right. Yeah. And actually, uh, yeah, that one, that one was actually quite interesting because, uh, having just played fallen order and stuff, we got talk about these riggers and stuff like that on, on these, uh, shipyards that were dismantling ships and such. And we had a lot more descriptor about like what a rigger does in this book. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. There was like four types of, uh, jobs. There was riggers and there was, oh, I, can't, I can't remember the uh, actual names of the jobs, are, but they, like, yeah. there was four different jobs you could do. Yeah, at the yeah. scrapyards on Bracca, which had yeah, been, which have been overtaken by the First Order to dismantle New Republic ships, which means there must be still some uh, New Republic, mm-hmm. yeah, pieces out there on the board because they've obviously been sent to Bracca to dismantle the ships. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of the New Republic, just like as a side note, uh, that latest Mandalorian episode, I was so glad that they finally showed off a logo for the New Republic. Like not yeah. once have we seen a New Republic logo until this past episode. I was so grateful that they actually recycled the expanded universe New Republic logo. Uh, I think we can thank Dave Filoni for that. <laughs> I think we saw the New Republic logo in Resistance, the first episode. Oh, really? I think we did. Yeah, I think because we uh, the first episode of Resistance, uh, there's three New Republic X-Wings. Oh, I'm going to need to rewatch that. Yeah, because yeah, like it's very... Um, uh, rare though, I think the appearances come up. And at one point in the books, uh, they did do a descriptor to the New Republic logo, and it was described a little differently than what it actually looks like. Um, they described it with like a sun coming out the back. So if you do Google uh, New Republic logo, um, I think there is um, in on the Canon Wikipedia page, I believe the logo like is it's been like drawn out by somebody and it kind of looks a little different, but it does look how it's described in that book. And I forget if it's one of the aftermath books or, or what, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm on the, it says new Republic Wikipedia page on the Canon tab and the icon that's displayed there. It's basically the, the rebel crest it's blue. And then behind it, it's got this, uh, this yellow, yellow kind of star sun. Yeah. That yeah. kind of radiates behind it. So I thought it was interesting that they kind of retconned that a little bit coming from a canon book and they were just like, you know what, screw it. Let's just let's just make the New Republic logo the one that people are familiar with. So, yeah, I was glad that they did that. I like the uh, I like the New Republic uh, like security droids as well. I thought they were a nice touch. Yeah, that was a really nice touch for sure. And uh, and then the Mandalorian's relationship between his hate for droids and, <laughs> and yeah. then being all too happy to take them down despite his, uh, you know, hesitance on for that job. But, um, yeah, so the second and third missions of this book, uh, resistance reborn, um, there was another mission. It was a uh, snap Wexley. He has to, he's been tasked by Poe to go and, uh, collect a wedge Antilles and Nora, his parents, uh, because, um, I guess, uh, you know, they're, 
they want leaders in the resistance, uh, people who can gather other people and kind of, you know, light the or, or the spark that lights the fire that, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So uh, so that was a thing. And then uh, there was also that a bit of a heist mission going on. So Poe and Finn go undercover to that really high class party. Yeah, and on, uh, uh, Corellia. Yeah, that's right. On Corellia, uh, along with uh, so they're on Corellia and they're after a list which contains uh, prisoners of the First Order, prisoners that have people that the resistance wants, including uh, that on that list is Ransom Kesterfo. And uh, the other mission that's happening simultaneously on uh, Corellia, uh, there was something else going on there. Uh, what was it again? Um there was two teams on Corellia. There was, yeah, one, uh, was one was to break the prisoners out, wasn't it? And one was to obtain. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so yeah, and then they had a bit of a sideline story of uh, this first order officer, and uh, you know, being basically just a scumbag to his he uh, was a terrible person. Oh my goodness, yeah, and his fifteen-year-old girl like helper, yeah. the assistant that just beat on her, and yeah, that was a, that was a terrible. Um, yeah, oh, but. Yeah, terrible bad guy. I mean, it makes a good villain, like just this average officer. But, you know, just like just to show like the raw cruelty of like how some of these people are and then how some of them are actually affected and they're just on the wrong side by accident sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah there was a, uh, it really kind of paints the picture of like, OK, yeah, there used to also be this empire that every kid in the galaxy with no future would just go to the academy, you know, to learn how to be a, a Thai pilot or whatever. Uh, because you know that is the government like it's their military and uh that's just the thing to do but you know whether they like the empire or not it's just kind of the way of life right um oh, so yeah, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of people, people went into the empire didn't there and yeah you know, what, what they were about and that's why a lot of people defected to the rebel mm -hmm. alliance yeah absolutely yeah the the ones who really truly saw the evil like behind the you know i mean it's not hard for us to see the evil behind the like what most people in the galaxy uh, would just see it as like a, a mask, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just the government. They can be, you know, twats sometimes. But um, but yeah, like we, you know, we we watch Star Wars. We're like, oh, yeah, the Empire, it's like led by the Emperor. He's a Sith Lord. Like the Empire is evil. Right. Like uh, like we take it at very face value. But uh, it's cool to see some of these books and stuff going into a deeper um, thought process of like, you know, what it's actually like to be on that side and um, how some of these people actually end up defecting uh, people like Iden Versio and um and uh Del uh Del Mico. Del Mico, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh yeah, no like Resistance Reborn, a cool book. Um very much um uh, a book that featured Poe Dameron quite a bit. I want to say this is like a, a an amazing follow up to people who really got invested with Poe Dameron over the comics, like the Poe Dameron comic series. Uh, this is a really great conclusion to a lot of like his story that's been going on because it kind of paints him as a leader by the end of the book and um i really liked his uh arc of like how the regret he feels for what he did to Holdo and that yeah so that was that's really a good, good point that was yeah. really good yeah because i feel like that's very much kind of passed aside by the end of the movie it's it's almost like it's not you know you don't you don't really see that the, the guilt that he's got um and he, so he has a lot of it yeah yeah in this book he's really you know he really does um kind of reflect on that and uh you know people judge him for it and yet he embraces the judgment and and kind of says like hey like everyone makes mistakes like we're all we all make mistakes it really it really kind of brought me back to that conversation that uh Jin had uh with the uh, the people that decide to go with her to scarif and you know uh, um 
Diego Luna's character, uh, Cassian Andor, like he basically says like, hey, like, you know, in short, like he's like, we're all basically just scum, you know, like yeah, some of us, some of us are, yeah, we've all done terrible things, you know, yeah. like we're, we're all like assassins and smugglers and whatever, but, um, uh, this is what we believe and this is what we're going to do. So it kind of reminded me of that, of that whole kind of inspirational moment that happened in that film. Uh, but you know, here we are again, witnessing it later when the resistance is as desperate as the rebellion was at that point in time. And, uh, here we are again, like seeing a moment that's very similar. So that was, that was some really cool parallel that happened there. I love the, I love the scene in that book where he's obviously saying what he did and he, and he was apologizing for what he did. And then, uh, Leia stands up and says, look, uh, my father was Darth Vader. Does anyone yeah. want yeah. to my loyalty? And yeah, like, nobody, oh, nobody answers. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Yeah. yeah, she's literally like my father's the worst person in the universe. Every, but pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting though because you know people were judging her in the Bloodline book. Like that was the whole kind of idea behind that uh the plot of that book but you know um the the galaxy has moved on from that and and it, and kind of re-accepted her as a leader and as a good person and you know that the sins of the father don't exactly don't exactly reflect upon uh you know the offspring sort of thing uh so yeah, yeah definitely yeah point. um but uh but yeah no so that's that's kind of covers resistance reborn a little bit uh did you did you end up reading the spark of uh was it what was it called again I haven't read the Mark of Resistance. No, I need. I still need to read that to be honest. But it's a little uh, junior. Yeah, novel. yeah, it's ju- junior I, novel. I, I haven't had the chance to read that yet. Um. So yeah. Uh, is it okay if I run through that yeah, with you just fine. a little bit? Yeah. yeah there's so, there's actually not a crazy amount to spoil in this book. It, unlike, I mean, if you think Resistance Reborn didn't have like crazy amount of insanely great reveals, uh, this one had even less. Um. Uh. Yeah. It, it was basically like couple i want to say between like weeks and maybe months i don't know if it takes place before after resistance reborn um it might take place before it it very much kind of featured uh rose finn poe and ray as friends uh on the falcon on a mission you know answering a call for help sort of deal and uh they receive a distress call from uh the planet minfar and um you know ray and the others basically decide, like, okay, they can't, you know, ignore a call for help, uh, especially if it's against the First Order. Um, but uh, they, you know, they weigh their options because it could be a trap since the distress call comes through on a resistance uh, broadcast, I believe. And, uh, yeah, but they basically, they're they're greeted by uh, this uh, alien species who's uh, kind of previously suffered under the Empire uh, with this weapon. And uh, that the Empire created to essentially kind of, in a way, like mind control. And um, at the same time in the story, the First Order is uh, leading an excavation or something to find this secret weapon that basically mind controls. Um, I, I don't know if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly or not. I'm pretty sure this is how it worked out. But in the end, like, you know, it's almost useless because it mind controls just that one species, I think. At least, I, at least, I I think that's what I gathered from this, and uh, yeah. So it's basically just like a, you know, kind of like a. It, it felt very Indiana Jones ish at times. Uh, you know, the quest for like this uh, mysterious like lost weapon, and um, yeah, it was it was okay. You know, it was it was like a 
it was kind of a whatever book. It, it does fill the gap a little bit. I think the biggest thing to take away from this book, the plot didn't really add a whole lot, but the biggest thing to take away was that uh, these characters are all developing um, relationships with each other, which is something that we haven't had in the in the movie so far. Um, you know, especially having them as a trio, uh, a trio plus one being Rose, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, Ray and, and Finn and, and Poe and Rose and uh, Chewie and uh, BB-8 is on this mission kind of thing. So, yeah, it, it is kind of cool just to, in, like, if you want to invest in those characters, uh, like this book does a pretty good job at, like, giving you a story that you can read and have those characters interacting with each other and basically working for the resistance, like on behalf of the resistance. So, yeah, so that was, that was kind of cool. Um, oh, uh, it is worth mentioning in the resistance reborn book, we got a little bit about, uh, do you want to tell people about, uh, Finn's relationship status? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It kind of says that, uh, him and Rose are a thing. They're just friends. And he says, uh, that him and Ray are a thing. They're just friends. Mm-hmm. And then you get a bit of a you get a bit of flirtation with Paul as well. So he's very, yeah, he's very uh, out there at the moment, Finn. Like we don't really know where his head's going, where he wants to go with that type of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, apparently, him and Rose are just friends. Him and Ray are just friends, and uh, that's how it is. Really. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, that's it's it's a good thing to add though for sure because I think a lot of people are kind of resenting the. The kiss still from episode eight that you know out of the blue moment and uh uh you know it's it's an encouraging thing for anyone who's worried that they might see a, a rose finn awkward relationship going on that um it's probably not going to happen so yeah just something worth <laughs> worth mentioning <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. um there is also uh i'm going to skip over a lot of the junior stuff like there, there's a few young reader books uh there's one called uh star wars we are the resistance um, it was like a golden book, you know, like super yeah, yeah, young readers. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm skip ready, over. I'm ready, no, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these things which I wouldn't even consider. Like, if you were to make a timeline of of canon stuff, like I probably wouldn't even drop these on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, like they're fun for kids, obviously. But... They're fun for kids, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, if you're if you're a level two reader and want to read about the yeah. first order villains, uh, you know, there's a book for that and includes stickers and whatever. So you know, it's it's a uh, it's young readers' books. Yeah, there's there's stuff for them too. Um, three things there: resistance heroes, first order villains, and we are the resistance. So there's a few things there. But uh, I'm just gonna skip over skip over that stuff and jump to the uh, short story comic. That came out uh, four issues long, uh, Star Wars Allegiance. Did you end up reading that? I did, yeah. I did read it, yeah. Okay, thank goodness, because I haven't actually read this. <laughs> yeah. uh, would you be able to take yeah, take the wheel on this, uh, walk us through what this one was about? It basically tells a story of uh, how the Mon Calamari get brought back into the fight against the First Order. Because at the start of the comic, obviously, uh, it's this it can't be too long after uh, The Last Jedi... Uh, the Resistance, which is basically the 12 people on the Millennium Falcon, are hiding on the Anoet, like a junk moon of the Anoet planet, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's Anoet. And uh, obviously Leia says, right, I'm going out for a mission. And people are like, well, well, you can't really go. And she's like, listen, I'm going out. I'll take Ray with me, and I'll take uh, Ray and Rose, mm-hmm. uh, C-3PO, go with, Ray, uh, go with Leia to Moncala. Mm-hmm. And uh, the twist at the end of the first issue is... They get to Mon Cala. Obviously, Leia goes out of the Millennium Falcon and uh, she's greeted by Mon Calamari who say, 
Princess Leia, all the death and destruction you brought to our uh, seas, why shouldn't we just kill you on sight? And that's mm-hmm. how the first that's how the first issue ends, which is a massive shock because obviously you think the Mon Cala are big in the rebellion, but obviously yeah. 30, years, thirty years has passed. Yeah, they're not too they're not too pleased to have found out that Princess Leia's father was Darth Vader. Obviously, mm. if you if you've read the uh, Burning Seas comic, yeah, uh, by Charles Soule, the Vader one, he basically lays waste among Mon Cala, trying to find a. Uh, oh a yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good connection, actually. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yes. So that's the first. That's the first issue. Then that was the first issue, and then this the second, second, third, and fourth. In fact, you get little interludes as well uh, with what the first order's doing. Mm-hmm. So the third, the, how the first issue opens up. There's a distress signal sent uh, by this planet. I can't remember what the species called, but the first order. It was a resistance distress call, and the first order picked it up, and the first order go to that planet. And basically just destroy the whole planet, not like physically, but destroy all the cities and that. And even the uh, the species, I can't remember what they're called, uh, are saying, "Look, we're neutral. We've always been neutral. Even the Empire respected our neutrality." Yeah. And uh, the General Hooks is like, "Tough. Sorry, you've uh, sided. You've sided with the Resistance, and they just destroy that planet." Mm-hmm. And in in the second issue, you see the Fondor shipyards from the Battlefront Two campaign. Oh, that's cool. And uh, Ky- Kylo Ren's there. Basically, uh, the First Order have took over the Fondor shipyards because uh, there's all, the, the uh, Kylo Ren's talking to the head of the Fondor shipyards, and he says, "Oh, we've always been neutral. Like even when the Empire was in charge, they didn't run the shipyards. We just allowed them. Like we obviously did the work for the Empire, but they didn't run the shipyards." Yeah. And Kylo Ren chops the uh, guy's head off and says, "Tough." Says, uh, "It's the First Order's now." <laughs> so he so he kills that guy and then <laughs> and then it goes the second issue goes into Leia trying to convince the uh, Mon Cala she meets uh, Aftab Akbar which is obviously the son of Admiral Akbar they go to his uh, they go to a place in Mon Cala where they pay their respects to Admiral mm. Akbar so everyone in The Last Jedi was annoyed that Admiral Akbar kind of got a bit of a like a cheap death yeah uh, they pay respects to Admiral Akbar in this comic Oh, okay. That's that's cool. That's really nice. Because I know a lot of people were pretty upset about that when when that character you know died, and it's like, what? Like Admiral Ackbar is dead. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't even know he was in the movie. Like I I uh, did we did we see him at all in that film? Like yeah, I think I think he says something about all oh, there's something coming out of hyperspace. We don't get he doesn't get a lot of lines. No, any. yeah. Is it because the original actor passed away before the filming? Is that what it was? There was something about that. The I'm not original. sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. There was I, I thought there was something about how the, the, the guy that played Admiral Akbar had passed away or something, so his lines were limited and, and played by a voice double or something like that. I I don't know. I don't know if I'm going crazy or not about that. But um okay, so this is uh, where would you say like this kind of takes place? Is that I say it can't take place that long after we were uh, the last Jedi. It can't because mm. they they're still they're still Obviously, you see in Resistance Reborn. There's not all the people you see in Resistance Reborn, so I think this must take place first. Yeah, and you do get a nice tie-in as well because one of the one of, there's obviously there's the monk after Akbar is trying to defend Leia, and on the other hand, there's the Quarren, who are the other species on Moncala who've always been a bit sketchy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's No Sarai from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, kid? I do. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, who's in league with the Separatists? Yeah, that's right. And then turns. 
good in the end after he's is, caused a lot of problems. Is he is he still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. I'm, well, the, the guy the guy in the comics called No Sarai, so I assume it's No Sarai, but the clone was. Oh wow, that's that's so cool. I'm, so he's there, and he's obviously arguing against Leia, and they go see the king, and uh, the king's not too willing to uh, help the resistance at this point. Yeah. Obviously, with the, the revelation of uh, Leia being Darth, uh, Leia being Darth, Darth Vader being Leia's yeah. father, and that, and obviously their feelings towards Vader. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's something similar that we had with uh, well, in in Resistance Reborn, like there was um, they went to the Twi'leks for help, and uh, you know there was they were met with some resistance there. Uh, you know they have that weird milit militia going on, uh, the Ryloth yeah. Defense Force. Yeah. Which is not yeah. based out of the capital unless it was like kind of secret. Yeah, it was kind of like an under. It, it feels like similar relationship between like the resistance and the New Republic. Um, the Ryloth Defense Force is kind of like, you know, it it, it the the government like gives them a nod, but they're not like official of any they're kind. Not official, yeah, they're not part of like the like Ryloth official yeah. military structure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know that, that, uh, but yeah, that, at first, like, you know, the first person that greets them, like, uh, is the son of that, uh, that one to like, who's old friends with Leia. Um, yeah, the, like he Yendor. meets kind of Yendor. Yendor. Yeah, Yendor. that's right. Yeah. Have we seen, uh, have we seen him before? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's in one of the aftermath books or he's in bloodline. One of those other, he's definitely appeared before. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, I thought we'd seen him before, like, you know, heard of him before, but I, I couldn't place it. So, uh, but it's his son that kind of meets the invite with a little hesitancy, uh, like to join the resistance. So yeah, it, it, it's like, it's definitely like, I guess what they're trying to paint the picture is like, it's not an easy time for the resistance. It's like, you know, it definitely seems like they're actually having a harder time getting allies than the rebellion did. Um, with uh with fighting this this battle and they're still like going off a of scrap so you know from the trailer uh you know it, like with that shot that they released with all those ships in the oh, background it, you know yeah like it, it makes me really like it makes a really question like okay how does it even get to this point like it's it's a really inspiring scene to see that like so many people are chipping in to help bring down the first order but at the same time it's like where did they all come from because you get you get so many ships from across like so many different eras of time and uh it's like okay like that's really cool i just like i want to know the story of like how these people all came together and i'm just worried that we're not going to get that story in the film uh so it that's that's why i was kind of hoping like when i read reborn like resistance reborn that we got a little more kind of like joining of alliances uh and that just didn't really happen too much so yeah just like if you were to speculate on it like what do you think would happen uh, well, with that scene in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, just like like, where do you think like all these people like come in? Like, do you think like we're gonna get a book that explains this, or are we gonna see it like in the movie take place? Um, I think, like, I think they'll go in because obviously you've seen lot, all the TV spots they've released, and they're obviously saying good people will uh, good people will follow if we lead them. I think yeah. it'll come to a point where the resistance goes to make a final stand against the First Order, because obviously it's not going well. Maybe that's when Leia sends out one last inspirational plea because mm -hmm. at the end of at the end of uh resistance reborn wedge Antilles goes off to find mm -hmm. other people so maybe he brings them and that but yeah uh, I, I definitely i can't wait to see that scene. 
Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty. That's cool. gonna be like the Avengers Endgame moment where they all come back. Yeah, <laughs> just like out of all the well. out of all the portals as well. Yeah, I yeah, know that's yeah. that's really good. Um, uh, yeah, and like as we've seen from the trailer, like the ghost is a part of that crew as well. Oh, um, I really hope we see inside that cockpit. I, really I yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I really hope so because just, uh, so far in Rogue One, like we saw it flying around here and there, and then parked outside of the the big Masasi temple. And she got mentioned. And she got a mention on the call. Yeah, she did get a mention. Yeah, General Sindula. Yeah, so it would be really cool to actually like see her in like live action. That would be awesome. Um, you don't have to explain it. Do you? All you got to do is put a, put a green skin twilight at the seat. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you can put it in the visual dictionary after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just it's even honestly, if we got like a, a far view, like kind of glimpse of like the person driving it sort of thing, right? Like, yeah, that would be, that's a good point. Like that would be really. Obviously, for me and you, me and you would go insane because we'd be like, oh my God, that's heavy. But you know, like the average movie goes, hasn't seen star wars rebels yeah no but and that's that's exactly it that's exactly it though like um like for people who went and saw endgame who didn't see every single marvel movie that came before like they they designed that movie in a way that you could still watch it and enjoy your time there and the people that were freaking out about little things that showed up and characters that showed up that the average fan might not recognize or remember you know, it did uh, did them a lot of service, but it didn't take away any meaning from like the overall film and the story that they were trying to tell. No, you didn't have to stop to explain it and go, "Wow, oh, this is this character, this is that character, and this has been over here." Yeah. No, it was just these are all these characters. Yeah, nice. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, it would be super cool to get like um, you know, some appearances from you know this person or that person, and you know, not it doesn't even need, they don't even need to have lines, but just like 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 you said, like have the visual uh, the visual dictionary kind of like fill the holes and like catch people up on like oh yeah that's this person that's this person but you know for all the fans that have been keeping up with the material just to have that moment of like seeing them live action on the screen you know that would be amazing that would be so it's cool a, it's a good payoff in it because you read all the books and you read all the mm -hmm. everything all the comics and that to see this person on screen you're like oh wow that's that's amazing yeah yeah for sure i think that's one thing that uh that not as many people are speculating about i think like the big kind of cameo of uh whether we're we're gonna see like such and such a force ghost or not is is like you know a larger topic but you know the small characters like uh in like uh who's uh uh harris and doula's son uh jason 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 Sindula. um yeah like like even even like an appearance from him or or just like somebody that looks like him on screen that can later confirm like yeah it's like a guy with green hair like it's yeah that, that's Sedula. him it's obviously jason sedula yeah so for like the people that have seen the shows like that would be cool and he doesn't need to have any lines it's just even just like a walk by just some random guy you know that has green hair and kind of looks like you know half twee like ish person like it would be such a major fan service and it doesn't even require that much work, work. it just requires no. like the right people telling the right costume designers to set up this extra as that person or something right like um Definitely, so, yeah yeah that's what i'm really hoping for out of this movie that we get a lot of that kind of servicing but um i'm just waiting to see palpatine move i can't wait oh yeah see, oh yeah speaking yeah. of which like did you watch that that uh that tv spot that came out with kylo i did yeah that's my oh man that's that's actually like the i think the best thing that i've seen out of all these tv spots that it, you know i feel like there's one every day almost but so, but that's like so creepy yeah yeah so like, creepy but it, you it? know it feels so many so many like questions that i've got like you know um 
I'm not I'm not one to avoid trailers due to spoilers. Like I'm I'm soaking it up like kind of like a sponge. Like, you know, every time a new TV spot out, I'm, I'm just like, yep, let's watch it and uh, see what they reveal next. And it just makes me want to see the movie more, which is what I want as well, because I want to be excited about this. When they played the uh, Duel of Fates, in that, uh, the, yeah. that, that was amazing. That was like, no way. I, yeah. I hope that's in the film. I really do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I hope that uh, that that track actually makes its way into the movie. I think I talked about this with Ben uh, on our last Mandalorian roundtable or discussion, uh, but uh, we had it happen with Force Awakens where that awesome trailer music uh, showed up and then we ju- it just never showed up in the movie. Um, but, you know, there's there's been times where it's like they, they make a, a track or like an, you know, some sort of uh, some sort of music track for the trailer specifically and then it just doesn't make its way into the film but it's, it's just such a great track so it's it's a cool version of duel of fates and i would love to see it in the movie for sure that going back to that palpatine thing like i really <laughs> want to know what that is it looks so yeah dark side agent sith yeah well have you been following any of the rumors about like the names of these places yeah what's the I can't remember. Yeah, I've, I've heard the name of where this place might uh, be. Yeah, so oh, like God. the rumor has it that it's called like Exegol. Exegol, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess it's it's rumored to be the the hiding place that the Emperor's been. I guess this entire time, uh, pulling the strings from behind the scenes, and um, yeah. But the the biggest part for me out of this TV spot was when he kind of like speaks to Kylo like through his head, how he's been every voice that he's ever heard, uh, basically toying with his brain you know, across, you know, pulling him from the light to the dark via um, Snoke and then uh, giving him access to Vader's helmet and then, yeah, appearing to him in his head as the voice of Darth Vader, his grandfather as well. So, yeah, like he's 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 the man of many masks. Um, You know, he is the Phantom Menace. And uh, yeah, I've seen that theory, which is amazing. Yeah, go back all the way to the first one where. Yeah, he's been the he's been the Phantom Menace all this year. All yeah, this exactly. Year. He's been the Phantom Menace all this time. So yeah, it's it's super cool to see it kind of like come full circle like that. And um, I was listening to uh, last night. I actually like just before I went to bed, I did a quick like uh, coverage of the interview that JJ gave to ABC's News, uh, the popcorn thing. It was like a twenty minute thing. Um, but uh, did you did you re- uh, watch that as well? I have not. No. I haven't. Okay, there's some pretty good stuff in there. Uh, I ended up playing it on the show. If you wanna, if you want to uh, listen, to that is there. But um, it's also on YouTube, and uh, he's just chatting with the the host there at that show, and he does give like a little in depth detail about like the making of this film and some of the inspiration that went into it, and and he does chat about um, like he brings up midi chlorians as a topic, and he brings up like his conversation with George, I believe, and Chris Terrio. And, um, and I think the more, the most fascinating thing to me was that he does kind of get into like his relationship with the prequels and, and the relationship between this movie and that trilogy and, um, how he, you know, beyond his own fandom and liking for the, and preference for like the originals that, um, that he actually did, uh, he did say like this, you know, like basically aside from my own like preferences, like this did have to be a movie that wraps up all all previous eight. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he basically just comes out and straight up says it. And I'm really hoping that like, this is, you know, very clear when we go to watch the movie and not so much as like, yeah, that's a battle droid standing in the background, <sighs> you know? 
because yeah, uh, we, we saw prequels. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like we saw the little tidbit. Like, I don't, I don't want him to say this and then, and then, in reference to like the shots where we get, you know, prequel era ships in the background, and then like, you know, a broken down battle droid standing back there. Like, like I don't want him to like, you know, I don't want him to say that this is going to wrap up all previous eight films and then just have little cameos of things from those films. Like I want them to actually take elements from those movies and then bring them into this latest one. Well, I think hundred percent we're going to see Anakin Skywalker. We have to hundred percent. He's got to be in it. It would be yeah. weird if he's not in it. Like, so it'd, it'd be weird. Him. Yeah. It would be, be super. Like, weird. We're, we're wrapping up the whole Skywalker saga, but we're not going to have Aiden Christensen in it. And like, he's been a lot more active in like the Star Wars scenes like this past year. Mm-hmm. he's got to be that's one of the things I really I'm I think gonna say, I'm, I'm not going to say like if they didn't do it I'd be annoyed and, blah, and all that type of stuff but it, it, it would be like really like it'd be a really disheartening to... moment to like watch the end credits and then just you know <laughs> kind of like we got think like, like hey like we yeah like I'm almost expecting a post credit scene where he shows up but um, yeah like that that would be pretty unfortunate I think if like, they didn't that would be such a missed opportunity um, did you see the interview that JJ did with like a Japanese entertainment company? Uh, no, I know. I don't think I did see that one. This, that one about? this was because uh, basically he's talking to this host and he goes, Oh, by the way, what's your who's your favorite character in Star Wars? Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, it's uh, Soka Tano. And he goes, Oh, and he goes, uh, and she goes, Oh, sorry, it's not someone from like the live action films. And he goes, Oh, so and apparently this is a quote. He goes, uh, Oh, Soka Tano. And then he goes, You might want to watch the Rise of Skywalker really carefully. Oh no way! And she's like, "Like what?" And he's like, "Just, just watch the film." But huh. I don't know whether that means. Ahsoka That's Tano's cool. Okay, well, I hope he's not referring to like the ghost because I don't really associate Ahsoka with the ghost. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's a really interesting <laughs> yeah, thing to say. A, yeah, it's a tease, like yeah. That's a really big tease. Yeah. Um, oh man, like, uh, that's so awesome. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the actual interview, but I've read the court, and she's like, "What?" And he's like, <laughs> and he's "Like, but you have to, you have to watch the film, obviously." But. Wow, you know, I I have heard like I I've I've heard rumors that like voice over appearances might show up like that, like people like Ezra Bridger and and Ashley uh, Eckstein, yeah, as uh, coming back and yeah, maybe maybe in that massive like space battle, like well, maybe we'll see, maybe we'll hear some voiceover similar to what we got in Rogue One with calling on General Sandula, but uh, yeah, maybe a little more direct. Um, if uh, if Ezra shows up. Like, yeah, like, oh, this is Ezra Bridge. I'm like, right, where have you been? Stop the film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's like a story that Dave Filoni will eventually tell for sure. Like, these are his characters. It's like, you know, this is uh, similar to how, you know, this sequel trilogy is really kind of at this point, a lot of it's owned by JJ. Um, the animated series are really much like they're they're very clearly owned by Dave Filoni and, and uh, his ins- inspirations that go into it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hope that eventually when he comes up with a good story to tell for those characters, like, you know, Thrawn and Ezra and Ahsoka, uh, that like, you know, it's it's told in a way that we can well, all enjoy it. Well, he's definitely planning that because he puts out the odd drawing here and there mm. on Twitter and Instagram of like, oh, well, this is what it could look like. Yeah. I remember he, I remember he put one of uh, Ahsoka and Sabine in like a blizzard on Instagram. Yeah, no, that's yeah. That, that'd be cool. Yeah, I guess he's kind of like plotting out his next story uh what i what i do wonder though is is whether or not it'll be directly like artistically inspired by rebels or if it'll kind of look more like clone wars or if it'll have its own uh artistic flair to it 
I that's think they change it a bit, but I don't think they change it too much. Just mm-hmm. because, yeah, just to follow on from Rebels. Yeah, well, that way they can recycle a lot of the digital assets as well. Yeah, which obviously makes sense, really. <laughs> yeah, a huge, huge to, money to saver. A whole new, yeah, I know Disney's not short of money, but mm. yeah, no, but, they uh, with with uh, with Rebels, it feels like they they cut the budget for sure. But but Clone Wars, uh, what I heard about Clone Wars is that it actually didn't generate a ton of re- revenue. Like it was essentially just like a passion project for George Lucas to do. Like he. You know, he kind of like, kind of like how when he made the sequels for Star Wars, like he invested his all his own coin into it, and then uh, I mean, it, it got big enough that he obviously made like a, a ton of money afterwards. But um, like Clone Wars, like at times, like I think it was very much uh, like for the audience that was watching it, like the 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 amount of money that went into it definitely, you know, the the return wasn't as big as as it could have been if they went cheaper, and uh, it really shows that they didn't. Like like as the seasons go on. It just gets better and better and better, and uh, oh, yeah, when you, yeah, when and you it really shows. Clone Wars film, it looks a bit like yeah, it looks a bit PlayStation Two cutscene. Yeah, kind of thing. it looked a bit cheap. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously by the time Series Six rolls around, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, especially yeah, the third the third season onwards is where they really kind of like get their foot up. in the door. Yeah, it really finds its its place in and uh, uh, starts to kind of get a larger audience at that point as well but um, yeah, yeah. We um but uh i guess yeah that that pretty much covers all the all the journey to the rise of skywalker um but uh yeah man uh thanks for coming on and talking all about this stuff with me that's it's it's great of you to give up your time to do that no bro i, I enjoy talking Star Wars with like nice people who want to talk to me about it I, oh I, yeah I, no I it's it. always a pleasure i always look forward to chatting with you and we'll, we'll do this again at, at some point as well but uh if uh people want to follow you on social media like what are your what are your handles i'm on twitter and instagram uh, i've just changed my uh handle to just uh, star wars Ian. that's both on uh, twitter and instagram that's that's just where i am so if you're on instagram it's uh, at star wars Ian. all right cool well uh well thanks ian thanks again and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again uh, at, a, at a later point. Thank you. All right. See ya. Bye. Ian, thank you so much for coming back on the show again and uh, chatting all about this stuff with me because uh, you're the man to do it with. And for all of those, uh, those of you who are listening uh, up until this point in the podcast, uh, give Ian a follow. He, he tweets out, you know, awesome stuff every day. Uh, all Star Wars related. He's, he's, uh, he's got some great posts and... Uh, you know, he's, he's a fun guy and uh, a genuine fan and truly somebody to uh, uh, chat about Star Wars if there is anyone to chat about Star Wars with. So, uh, so yeah, thank you, Ian, for, for your time and, and coming on again. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you. Um, we've got a few uh, changes for the schedule. Mandalorian comes out this Wednesday as opposed to the Friday. That's because of the new movie coming out on Friday. So uh, we're all stoked about that. I know I've got my tickets for the fan release on uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. So, I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to be at a fan release on, on Thursday, awesome. Maybe see you there. Uh, and uh, we'll be doing a roundtable that evening and publishing it out as soon as we can. So stay tuned for that. And the roundtable for The Mandalorian on Wednesday. So this week has been crazy. I know this weekend has been crazy. I think we dropped like three episodes this past weekend. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for all the great stuff coming. Follow Ian at Twitter uh, at uh, Ian Star Wars, I think he said. 
follow our account sw escape podcast email us the escape pod at outlook.com shoot us your questions comments feedback share this comment with your friend or share this podcast with your friends because this is how it stays alive just more people listening and uh other than that i will uh, see you all uh, next time very soon may the force be with you it's like-